0: And the the point of a story is you can't if you leave what what they call open loops. Our brain is programmed to want to know the conclusion of it. So if I said, "Oh right, look, I'm sorry. This morning I was late. I was just you know getting a cup of coffee. Boring, fairly boring, you know." Mm-hmm. And I was I was thinking, oh, "Have I got enough milk?" When a car crashed through the sitting room window.
1: Anyway, let's get on with the show. You'd be like, "What, <laughs> what the what the hell?" Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast with
0: me, Ray McLennan. Oh, yeah, and it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Good morning, Ray Mondo. How the devil are you? Good morning, Mungus. I'm absolutely fine, fine, as
2: we uh, hurtle through space at however many miles an hour to uh, whatever destination we've got. Um, yeah, we continue to inspire and generate knowledge and... <laughs> <laughs> wait no that's a different is that, a, is
0: that a different yeah point? welcome to the sky at night uh <laughs> no it ray i i think you're bigging us up a little bit too much there um and when it comes to space uh as soon as you go past the concept of do i turn left or right um you know my brain starts melting so space <laughs> is way too big the numbers mm-hmm. are far too big and um Anyone who thinks it's a good idea to raise money to try and colonize Mars is, in my opinion, a complete fool because we can't even, you know, look after this one that we're on. For goodness (laughs) sake. Uh, Anyway. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I thought it would be really useful to just go back to a fundamental. So I know we get uh, emails, correspondence, people asking us, you know, how do you do a good pitch? Uh, you know, how do you get people to sort of pay attention and listen to you? Um, you know, should I do a slide deck of 30 slides, a hundred slides, 20 okay. slides or whatever? And I was listening to something. Oh, but, but, but first of all, right. I've got to apologize why I was late this morning. So uh, often in the morning we get, we get ready in the UK. No one listening,
2: no one listening knows you were late, <laughs> No,
0: Well, I know, I know, but you do, so I'm apologising to you. But right. you know how it's uh, pancake day today. Uh, so, we, we, yeah. yeah, we're in February.
2: That's this it's evergreen
0: 20, podcast out the window. <laughs> February 2023. But um, I'd, I'd made the pancake mix yesterday, and our youngest going off to school, he likes a, a pancake with some lemon juice. Other toppings are available. Mm-hmm. And and kind of my wife had, had done it this morning. She'd, she'd done that. And I was I thought, right, I'll have a coffee. I'll sit down and I'll put the news on. Oh, anyway, no. <laughs> I wasn't, well, I wasn't really listening. I thought, what a tumultuous year, because it's coming up to a year for the war in Ukraine. Excuse me, and, I think I mean that that's a special military operation. Uh, uh, apologies, yes. <laughs> um, yes, and for those people that don't think it's happening at all, um, it's not happening at all for those okay. people that think who are suffering it very much is um but no I was I was listening and I kind of they were talking about some stuff and I I kind of zoned out and I was uh just on my phone just going through emails checking up on messages arranging a few meetings that sort of thing you know scrolling half listening in the background mm. and you know when sometimes you hear something and you all of a sudden you, you become <laughs> alert your radar goes off that you know the, uh, that usually
2: sudden. usually it's some they probably just mentioned your name it probably just went
0: blah, blah, well blah, blah, blah. Yeah. no I, t- I tell you what it was it was a voice and i went and i listened and i stopped and i didn't look up and i just listened and in my head i just had to go ooh gary davis ooh gary davis <laughs> now for anyone who's not in the uk this is a dj probably one of the few djs from the and 70- is under 40 years old <laughs> from the sort of 70s 80s or 90s who's still allowed who's not in jail um but his his voice came up and i was like whoa wow there he is and there he is he's still looking good and he's uh back doing lots of radio shows and there were who was saying, oh, do you like it when people come up to you in the street and go, ooh, Gary Davis? And he goes, of course I do. He says, I love it. I, I love it because he's still sort of the center of attention. And, uh-huh. and I was just thinking, oh, that, that's amazing. But here's, here's the thing. The person said, is it ooh, Gary Davis? And Gary Davis said, well, actually, the, the people that recorded it, where we got it from the, the song, they said, woo, Gary Davis. And and so he went, oh, right. So if, you know, what do people come up and say? He says, oh, I don't mind. I still smile to both both of them in the street. So woo Gary Davis or Ooh Gary Davis. It was, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, I, and why have I gone down that rabbit hole? Well, I can guarantee now that me talking about Gary Davis and the woo Gary Davis and that sort of thing, you will remember part of that because it was a, a bit of a story. um ray you're an award-winning storyteller um (laughs) much to much to my wife's eye-rolling anxiety but yeah (laughs) yeah and everyone else because bloody hell when you accepted that you didn't get off stage for about four hours with your acceptance speech uh but it you know that that's the sort of thing it it's something that draws you in it's something that engages you and ray i was listening to a a different podcast and they were talking about a very famous company, big company trying to Mm. pitch for business. And they'd come to uh, a company that deals with how to, how a business can tell a story. And they'd said, look, we're really struggling with this and said, look, we don't get to slide two before it's prompted so many questions. We can't deliver the pitch. We can't deliver it. You know, the whole slide deck and everything. And, the questions that come up, the confusion. uh, He said, it's not really arguments, but it's it's just objections. Hundreds appear. And he said, and the whole thing falls flat. And we've never yet presented the whole slide deck. We've never converted any person that we've tried to do. Can you help us? And they ended up going from a 32-slide deck to a 90-second story that didn't even mention the product. And the conversion levels went from almost zero to almost 100%. And I just thought, hey, folks, if you're wanting to engage with someone, learn the secrets to how to tell a story or the structure of a story, Mm -hmm. and then you can practice it. So I I kind of jotted them down for today's podcast. And, Ray, do you think it's a good idea to go through them? Uh, Absolutely.
2: Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – you know, I'm a big fan of storytelling. Uh, It's, yeah, I mean, I suppose a bit of background about why it's so uh, interesting to us and why it hits the spot and why it hits the mark is because um, if you take humanity, um, the length of of how long people have been on the planet, then, you know, we're at the stage where we are now with technology and various bits and pieces and all the rest of it, but that can't blow away millions of years of evolution, or hundreds of thousands of years of verbal evolution, where people told stories to each other. And that's how, that's how information was passed. I mean, you know, you go back to the Greeks and the Vikings and all this, but they, they would sit around the fire and tell stories, go back even further. And they, when they sat in caves if, or where, wherever people lived, you know, they would tell stories on, um, on what happened. And stories, well, they trigger certain parts of us to remember so you know you can you can it doesn't surprise me about your powerpoint you know your powerpoint lesson there um you know there's there's an expression death by powerpoint because it is and my absolute pet hate is when somebody puts up a powerpoint that's got writing on it and then they just read it word for word you know um whenever i do presentations I just put up, usually put up a picture and talk about the picture that's there, you know? Um, because that way then you're getting to different people's modalities. You're getting to their visual modality, their auditory modality, and so on. So they are very important. And the when I look back over the many, many presentations I've witnessed, over 6,000 I've witnessed presentations with Angels, Den, and various others. And uh, there are a few that stand out. And the ones that stand out, to this day are the ones with the story attached. It's as simple as that. And in fact, the, the measurement of how good a pitch was, just to, to let people listening know, the measurement of how good a pitch was is we would, we would run pitching competitions, which were pitching competitions, pitching a pitch fest, where three companies would come and have a 10 minute presentation in front of a room of potential investors. And they would have 10 minutes to present and then be 10 minutes Q and A question, answers, and it could come back from the floor. Now that reduced over time from 10 minutes to five minutes, five minute presentation, five minutes Q&A, because people's attention span just gets shorter and shorter. Um, And and the measurement of success was how many of the people in the audience, the investors, would say, I'm interested, I want to know more, okay? Now, there might be 30 in the audience, so obviously if half of them were interested, then that's a 50% strike rate, okay? And we measured the sort of strike rates. And strike rates were always around, hovered around about 70%. Because bear in mind, to get to that point, the, the person that was doing the pitching had already gone through a, a process of, you know, selection to get there. So, you know, it wasn't just randomly picked people. They were We were trying to pick uh, pitches that were evenly balanced. You know, they gave a variety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you wouldn't get three pitches about exactly the same thing, that sort of thing. Um, but then um, one day a company that was due to attend, got caught up in a tube strike, or or something happened. And I had to do the presentation for them. And uh, I'd seen it, I'd seen them doing it. So I knew a bit about it. But I stood up and did what I do, which is, you know, as you might say, waffle, tell stories, that sort of thing. And we got uh, a 90% strike rate which I thought was quite interesting. And I strutted around with my chest out for a while thinking, well, the biggest strike rate came as a direct result of my presentation, which was nice. Then we had a company who the presenters or or the the founders of the company were absolutely terrified of public speaking because it is a big fear. It's second only to death or something, or sometimes it's even worse than death for some people, but they didn't want to do a public speaking presentation. So they created a video an animated video. And that animated video uh, was only a a minute long, I think one minute, 20 seconds or something like that. And then they would be there to do the Q&A afterwards. And they got 100% strike rate by putting on an animated video. Now, the business model, all the bits and pieces was not that much different from anyone else. It was all about the presentation. And that animated video was effectively a short story, a very short story. And they went on to successfully use that animated video because the presentation is exactly the same 100% of the time, whether you're presenting it to a room of investors here, there, or anywhere, or anybody, that animated video works like a dream. And you know that I have an animated video, which I use for some presentations as well, and it gets a similar response. So it's consistent, it's 100% consistent, it's a short story, and it gets fabulous results. And the company that came to us, they were looking for, from memory, it was about 800,000, 900,000 of investment to get going. Last time I checked, which was easily a year ago, probably longer, they'd raised over 12 million from that same video for their projects, which are ongoing. So it's not about, you know, we have a business, put some money in. It's, we have a project over here, let's fund it. We have a project over there, let's fund it. We have another project there, but there's the same projects in different parts of the country building projects and it's consistent. So um, yeah, storytelling is, well, there's a story. I've just told you a story about a story and it is very, very powerful. So when it comes to people looking to raise money and looking to pitch and present, it's not about death by PowerPoint. It's not about you know, having pie charts and this and that, the next thing and all the rest of it. It's about an image and a story behind the image. And that gets right into the subconscious, which is exactly where you want it to be. You want people to remember. And boy, do they remember when they they hear a good, a good, well-crafted story.
0: Yeah, Ray, the PowerPoint thing, I remember there was one um, and it was someone who'd come up and, and they decided the first slide would be a you know, quite a hard-hitting slide, slide number one with quite a a tough topic title. But there were loads of... of, Is that what we would call the grabber? Well, the grabber, yeah. But, (laughs) I mean, it wasn't really a grabber. But they thought it was, with loads of text as well on this first slide. And, you know, he started reading it out, and it was this contentious sort of headline sort of thing. I mean, it wasn't really and there was an audible groan around the room and the guy thought yes and uh, he said i know i know it's a tough topic uh, we've got to cover it and we're going to delve into it and all the rest of it you know and it yeah it could be a bit controversial and he really thought he was ooh ah on the edge that sort of thing and then somebody <laughs> sort of shouted out from the back who went no, we've all just seen down in the bottom corner, it says slide number one out of 233. Uh, and they were just going, oh, God, we're here for hours. We're here for bloody hours. <laughs> so the guy thought he'd done a, a, you know, an amazing thing. And instead, everyone was focused on how many more slides <laughs> we've got to go through. So top tip, if you are doing a presentation, hide the number of slides <laughs> from the screen. Because it certainly didn't get, uh, you know, most people are thinking, "Oh God, how long till coffee break?" You yeah. know, and and that's exactly the, you know, not what you want your grabber to be. But but there we go. Um, yeah, Ray, a story. I, I mean, if if you think about it, I was as a kid, they did the reruns of Flash Gordon. Uh, with Larry Buster Crab, and what have you. And it was amazing. You know, I used to think those rocket ships were incredible when instead there were a thing with a little bit of smoke that came out on a piece of string probably being well, spun a sparkler, in a spiral. With a sparkler
2: at the back with end. A
0: sparkler, yeah, all those sort of things. Anyway, the thing was, at the end of each episode... Flash Gordon was in such dire trouble from the Claymen or the the Vulcan you know Vulcan men, merciless. <laughs> Ming the merciless and all the rest of it, that you were just left on tenterhooks, thinking, is he ever going to escape? You know, and you had to come back. Mm-hmm. And the the point of a story is, you can't if you leave what what they call open loops. Our brain is programmed to want to know the conclusion of it. So if I said, oh, Ray, look, I'm sorry this morning I was late. I was just, you know, getting a cup of coffee. Boring, fairly boring, you know. And I was I was thinking, oh, have I got enough milk? When a car crashed through the sitting room window. Anyway, let's get on with the show. You'd be like, what, what, the, what the hell? Hey, a car did what? Yeah, you know? Yeah and and yeah and the weird thing is i'm on the 8th floor of a block of flats and then you go what the hell is a car doing 8 <laughs> floors and it's that sort of thing isn't it that you, you want to do and when we're talking about the the pitch and stuff we're going to go through seven things and you'll have seen it out there folks uh the hero's journey whatever you want to call it uh i've done story brand with donald miller um i thought it was excellent and it's just a neat way of doing it. So, Ray, you mentioned the fear of public speaking, the fear of getting up and, and talking mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. I I think any fear can be overcome if you have a system or a technique that can deal with it in a, a, a sort of repetitive way. Because Absolutely. you you know when comedians get up and they're worried about how they do it and, and people think, God, they delivered that so well. It's because they practice it. And they've mm-hmm. done it a hundred times before they get on stage, yep. you know, and all they're doing is they're going through a process. If if you're playing a sport, you have a trigger, and then you have a set of actions, and you've learned them. Uh, if, if you're in business, you know, or if you're driving a car, you have a set of actions that you have learned. And I think when it comes to anything, public speaking, telling a story, you've got to go through some some key Elements and and you know let's kick them off, shall we? Do you want to okay. do you want to read them all out and then we'll go through them in a little bit of detail?
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, the framework. I mean, there's the, like you say, the seven elements of framework. So there's the character, the customer. There is the problem that the character or the customer faces. Uh, a guide who is the brand who can help the character solve the problem. Then a planner process for solving the problem. A call to action. The consequences of not taking the action or of taking the action a vision of what life can be like after the problem is solved. And then by, so by focusing on you know, those elements there, um, you can effectively create a clear and engaging story that connects with customers and drive results. Now, I would say, Nigel, that framework uh, should be wrapped inside the Pentagon. And we've yeah. spoken about it yeah, yeah. yeah So the, the Pentagon, well, it's called the Pentagon because there's five parts to it. So the five parts are really, what is it? Brief description of, of what it is. That should take up about 5% of the time. Um, why are you doing it? That takes 30% of the time. How do you do it? Takes about 40% of the time. What if will cover off certain objections. That's about 15% of the time. And the final 10% of the time taken should be when or time scales. So what is it? Why are you doing it? How do you do it? What if and when? So that pentagon model should be the, the wrapping around the framework. So. I mean, we, can, we, could give, we could give examples till the cows come home, but if, if anybody has any kind of subject and you remember the Pentagon, you can do anything virtually right away. I was doing this with my, my children, actually. My son had to do a presentation on uh, uh, on the, they're doing the Spanish Armada at the moment at school. My daughter is slightly older and they are doing the, the Wehrmacht Republic from 1933 to 1945. So that's quite interesting and they were given uh, a, a subject. So here's your homework, here's the headline, write something on that. So I said to them, I said, well, use the Pentagon to write about, about you know, uh, what it is. So what is it, brief description, um, you know, why did they do it, how did they do it, what ifs, and then cover off the timescales and whatever. Both of them, both children, got the highest marks in the class for their presentation now as you can imagine they're my children uh no man is what does what do they say in his own home <laughs> yeah prophet, no in his... prophet the prophet in his own home no yeah, man yeah. is the prophet in his own home they were rolling their eyes my wife was telling me not to interfere and all this kind of can kind of let them do it the school way okay so naturally when the results came in uh again for the older listeners uh there's a, a thing called the told you so dance which is you know that <laughs> of which I did that, uh, you know, with my hips. But anyway, yeah, TikTok um, coming out soon. TikTok coming out soon. So Vindication was there as recently as, you know, a couple of days ago. So, right,
0: right, right. Sim- very similar thing. Uh, a few years ago, my eldest, uh, they, they were going to have something about an an investment club. One of these, um, you know, things where you, you can effectively trade stocks and shares and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. um, you know, with made up money and just see how you get on. And they were gonna do it over a few months. And he decided he was he wanted to be you know, to do it, but he, he wanted to be in a position where uh, you know, he could make decisions. In other words, take control, be the leader and all the rest of it. But he was uh-huh. absolutely convinced that he'd have no clue because it, you know, he didn't know really what he was doing or why he wanted to do it and all the rest of it. And I went through the exact same model with him and I kicked off. Uh, I said, right, find some quotes. And he, and he said, what, what do you mean? A quote from who? I said, well, find out, just Google who's one of the most successful investors. And he came back with Warren Buffett. Yeah. Warren Buffett, and I said, yeah. Yeah. And I said right, buffet? <laughs> well, yes, all you can eat buffet. Um, He, I said, right, find a quote from him. And obviously hundreds of quotes come up. And I said, find something simple that people will remember. Mm -hmm. And he found the, there's only two rules. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. And (laughs) so I said, start with that. That's your first presentation. I said, that's your grabber. You've suddenly got their attention. And we went through just very simply. I mean, his presentation had to be about a minute. And he went through it and we practiced a couple of times. So he stood up, practiced it. And like anything, you can write something down and you think in your head, that sounds amazing. But when you actually say it out loud, it doesn't sound quite right. So there was there was a bit of tweaking and he, yep. he wrote it in his style. And um, then he, he went off to school. I, I kind of forgot all about it. And then he came back and he went, it works. And I went, oh right, what and, and you know typical sort of what me, on, what <laughs> me, yeah, me on the ball. What worked? Um, yeah. And and he said, yeah, 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 I'm I'm the chairman or something of of this group. And I went, oh right, what group? And and then <laughs> uh, okay, right, dad dad's caught up. And I said, oh right, talk me through what happened. He said, well, first guy got up. Oh, he was so boring. You know, I can't even remember what he was trying to talk about. And then I had to do mine. And um and then he said the next guy came up and says, There's no point in me saying anything because I'm voting for Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think I think the, the next two or three basically gave up and, and everyone he got a unanimous vote. And and I said, Wow, that shows a couple of things, a structure mm-hmm. and a bit of practice, and you stand head and shoulders above other people who don't know those things or don't do those things. Now, the kicker was, he was in charge in, in terms of make, making the decision. I mean, it was democratic and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. The actual performance of the group was appalling. I think they lost all their mythical money, <laughs> everything. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you can get yourself into power, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a clue what to do from there on in but um, yeah quote, was that a quote from boris johnson <laughs> yeah yeah well from i think any leader um, Liz Truss. <laughs> yeah or or nicholas sturgeon <laughs> any of them and, and that just made me laugh because they always said didn't they about boris johnson they said he is an election winner yeah and there is a big difference between doing what what we did with matthew and getting to the position and then actually knowing what to do when you're there that's a different matter folks i'll leave that one up to you because that's (laughs) hopefully where your skills kick in but in terms of that powerful structure oh my goodness you know when you've got your rivals voting for you and you know it must it must be good so folks ignore it at your peril um so let's go on ray kick off first first sort of i'm just gonna say before we do that the overall thing, folks, is you are not the hero of the story. The mm-hmm. hero is the investor, the customer. It, it's it's them. Yep. So you want to position yourself as as the guide sort of person. And they always talk about movies, and the, the classic one, whether you've seen it or not, you'll have heard of it, Star Wars. Yep. The customer is the Luke Skywalker. You're the Yoda or Obi-Wan. You're the guide. Yep. So anyway, let's go through them.
2: Okay, so the the number one is the character. So, <laughs> the character, the customer. Um you have to clearly identify that. So, in your particular business, who is your ideal client? Who's your ideal client? You have to identify who they are uh, and and narrow it down quite uh, specifically. So, you don't want to say because I mean, I've I've said to people who's your who's your client? You know, when I when I'm when I'm uh, talking to startups or even scale ups or whatever, who's your who's your client? And they might turn around and go, "Well, anyone with a credit card, anyone with a credit card and a heartbeat," which is not the right answer. Absolutely not the right answer. If you if you're wondering who your ideal client is, have a look at the last ten people that you dealt with or transactions. Who was the most profitable? What sort of age were they? What 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 did you like about them? What was specific about them? Why would you want to deal with them again? you know, and and were they profitable? So an ideal client is someone who is, you enjoy dealing with and it's a profitable customer. Now, I did this exercise in I guess, 2006, seven or eight, one of those years at a law firm and we had to identify our ideal clients, but we also had to identify the non-ideal clients. So we submitted a list and there were about 600 clients on this list. And we submitted the list, and we sent it to every single person in the firm, right? An email went to everybody. You know, it wasn't bundles of paper and all this kind of kind. of sent an email to all the people and said, that, here's a list of the clients. What we want you to do is to take a few minutes just to go through it and highlight in green the, the clients we want to keep and highlight in red the clients we don't want. Now, if you don't have an emotional reaction to any of the clients, just leave it, leave it blank, okay? And the interesting thing when it came back was the red line was pretty much unanimous across the board, and the green line was pretty much unanimous across the board. And then when we extracted that out and had a look, we could see that the green the green clients were people that you know in in the the firm enjoyed engaging with them. They paid their bills on time, yada yada yada, and the ones in red were pains in the neck. They were always looking for something for nothing. They never paid their bills on time. If the bill came in, they were always moaning about it and so on and so on and so on. So the brief was then to uh, effectively reward the top 10 clients by letting them know, right? So we let them know. We sent them a case of wine and said, it's great (coughs) to work with you and yada, all that kind of kind of. And the bottom 10 clients we sacked. Now, I remember the managing partner saying, well, wait a minute, hang on, there's a couple of these names in there and they're they, you know, they they're high paying clients. And I said, yes, they are high paying clients, but there's also a hidden price that you're paying and that is stress amongst the staff. Because when you looked at those bottom numbers, I've nearly said bottom feeders, but the bottom numbers. Um, and when I approached people, there was a physical reaction i did, I remember going to the cash room and speaking to the lorraine in the cash room and saying you know why did you pick this one and she's just verbally she visibly shuddered she went I, I just don't like dealing with that guy their accounts manager is a pain in it this and she oh she was like I, you know it was i had to stop her and go okay i get it i get it i get it you know and then calm her down sort of afterwards and by by immediately going to the, the best client which she could completely recovered and she was like oh the like night and day these people are lovely to deal with and that was a similar reaction right throughout even some of the hardened lawyers i would say why did you pick that particular firm and he and and i remember one of them just went put his head in his hands and he went do you know they are just so time consuming nothing's ever right they phone up and demand this and demand that uh and so on and it was a similar and then i went to the reception And the girls that answered the phones and transferred the calls and all the rest of it. And I remember speaking to one there and she just said, oh, that guy, when he phones up, he said, it just ruins my day, ruins my day. So I kept those quotes, if you like, went back to the managing partner and I said, that's the hidden cost. I said, and that probably leads to staff absences. It leads to people not wanting to deal with them and so on and so on and so on. So pick your clients properly, pick your characters and- then once you've got that, you can identify number two, which is the problem that the character faces. So, Nigel, yeah. do you want to put that cudgel up?
0: Yeah, again, one of the things that um, you've got to try and remember is pretty much every story, every movie that you've probably seen, if it's a good, engaging movie that you come out thinking, oh, I really enjoyed that, you'll always find that the the hero is a bit reluctant. They are sort of the weakest character uh, there and and they really want to succeed, but they've they've got a huge problem. And and what's the huge problem? Well, as the story develops or something, they're probably thrust into a situation where they have to defuse a bomb or something, be, or, or else everyone's going to die. So and we'll come on to that. But at the moment, they've they've got self doubt. They they're not certain. that they need help. Why is that? Because something in the past. So maybe in the past. They had to defuse a bomb with their, and they were working with their best mate. And he, you know, they cut the wrong wire, the timer zeroed down. They dived out the way, but he survived, um, and she died, or something like that. And they've got now this huge problem, this thing that says, "I'm not, I'm not good enough. I can't do it." Um, And maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe there's a a looming uh, sort of baddie in in the in the world and at the moment you know what's the problem that a lot of people have they they might say it's it's the economy the economy is like the dark side of the force um maybe it's the weather uh you know global warming and uh, whatever it might be maybe it's the energy crisis there's something huge looming that is an enormous problem that is suffocating or holding people back. So think about your customer. What is it that that's really their biggest problem? Um, and at the moment, there's some great things that you can do. And one of, if if you can imagine, Ray, and I, I know this is this is I've I've seen this when they when you see people trying to to help people who are in a difficult situation and they feel very is very much adversarial what you see with a good negotiator is a, a negotiator doesn't sit opposite the person they come around that side of the, the other side of the table and they put their arm around them and say hey we're in this together mm-hmm. this is this is you and me against the big the big bad thing that's out there and the person suddenly feels not as if they're not alone because at the moment maybe the problem is they feel alone maybe they feel they can't deal with it they're overwhelmed they're stressed they haven't got the time They don't understand the technology that's out there they don't under they don't have the money those sort of things and and you're trying to come around to their side and say hey i recognize that problem i know exactly how you feel um and and that's it's quite tricky it's quite tricky to nail down what the problem is that people face and you know on on one of the things that we're doing um uh, me and my team. At the moment, we are, you know, helping people set up websites, online business. And what we found was people thought that technology, the amount of free time they had or the money that they had was the issue. Actually, the real issue that people have, the problem they really have is their fear of selling, mm-hmm. their fear yeah. of being rejected, being judged, And those sort of things. So it's it's quite weird what the problem is that people face. So you've got to really try and get into into the mindset of of your customer to be able to say, okay, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about the problem. And I'm with you because it is a big bad world out there. Let's do it together. Yep. that reminds me
2: of um again I was working with uh, a, another guy to go into law firms to effectively help them turn around because they'd have a it was following the crash financial challenge 2009, 10, 11, that sort of thing. and the scenario would be that the you know you know we could pull down the the accounts from company's house and identify a company that a, a law firm that wasn't you know doing well. And we would go and see them and tell them that we didn't think they were doing well. They would always go, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Things are fine. Things are fine. Um, but you discover that they had a horrendous overdraft, et cetera, et cetera. And when we got down to it, they always said the problem was money. The problem was that they didn't, they weren't bringing in enough money, the, et cetera, et cetera. And yet that wasn't the problem. The problem was their systems and processes for bringing in money. And we would adopt what's called a traffic light system. We would adopt that traffic light system and very, very in a very short space of time, three to six months, uh, in the life of a you know a law firm that's been around for a hundred years whatever uh and probably traded on its overdraft for the last 15 20 years in three to six months that could be turned around quite easily but by putting in systems and processes so sometimes you'll find that your 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 character your customer will identify what they think is a problem but it isn't actually a problem okay it isn't actually a problem the um other thing that springs to mind is uh the the company I was dealing with who were uh, digital marketing people. I'm sure I've mentioned this one before, you know, and they said, to, I said to them, well, who's your ideal client? And they were very much, well, anyone with a credit card that wants digital marketing. And I said, well, what, what's the problem you've got? Well, we're not bringing in enough, you know, enough business. And yet we're we're very good at what we do, We've got a team and yada, yada, yada. And um, th- that wasn't the problem. The problem was their presentation. The problem was when I asked the guy what they did. So your digital marketing, what is that? It took him about, you know, an hour and a half to try and cover all the bases, Uh, at which point I said, look, your your problem is presentation. You need to be able to summarize in one phrase, one simple sentence, what it is that you do. So i find your ideal customer. And and in this case, their ideal customer was medium-sized law firms. What's the problem that medium-sized law firms have? And he said, well, for them, it's the same as us finding and keeping high, you know, high value clients. So I said, right, there's your tagline right there. So if somebody says to you, what do you do now? Don't say digital marketing. Say I help medium medium to small law firms to find and keep high paying clients using paid Facebook ads. Now, do you do more than Facebook ads? Yes. Do you help others than law firms? Yes. But that was their ideal client. And they would get requests from accountancy firms saying, "You know, do you help accountancy firms? And you'd say, yes, we can. So it then widened out from there. So again, their their problem was a perception problem. And once you can actually drill down and identify it, and then you go on to the next stage. So we've got the character of the customer. We've got the problem that the character or customer faces. Now the next stage is um, a guide. A, you know, you've said the brand, a guide. Who is it that can help the character to solve the problem? And that's where you come in with um, your... Um, well, we've done the grabber, that's where you come in with your earn the honor. So the earn the honor part there was we would go to um, law firms and say, well, you know, we've done this for ABC firm over there, CDE firm over there. We've done all of these things. Uh, We can identify which the, the, the problem is, and we can cure that problem. So we will be your guide. We can guide you through the process. How do we do that? We have templates, we have systems, we have processes, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, that I mean,
0: take, that you're you you're the one that's you're the one that's coming in saying, "Look, <clears throat> we had this conversation with someone the other day, and we we, you know, have worked with them, and they've doubled their revenue, tripled the number of clients, halved the amount of time they spend, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So it's it's you sort of positioning yourself when you say earn the honor you're positioning yourself as as the you know the person who can do the guiding so that that's that's what you're trying to do because at the moment folks you've got to realize that if you're pitching to someone and they don't know you and they've got no track record of you then they're immediately thinking well how do i know this person can actually you know help me and so that's that's the one so in the movie Yep. Normally, the guide is some shuffling bum who you know looks like they haven't had a decent meal in a in a good long time, haven't had a shave in years, or or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, the hero happens to d- discover a little box on the shelf, and when they open it up, there's every military medal award you know that it, it yeah. sort of inspires and and leaves the the character, the hero, in awe. Of this person and they realize that they mm. oh my goodness they are absolutely qualified to do this and it's it's yeah. kind of i think um luke skywalker says something like you fought in the clone wars uh yeah. you know," and <laughs> and it was you know the level of sort of perception and positioning of that person is kind of oh wow so if you can turn around and say say something and they go what you helped uh, build a spaceship or or something like that or you helped you know cure cancer whatever it is well actually where
2: that comes it's where that those comes, things
0: where that comes from now nigel these days
2: is uh online reviews trust pilot that sort of thing <clears throat> people will you know they will gravitate to online reviews and they will probably say well okay um you know uh I, you you say you're the brand something else what do people do they go on google they have a look they go, they search they look for the reviews they look for trustpilot reviews they look for testimonials other people you know that that have been through the process that's what people search out because they want certainty or a a, a certain level of certainty um by doing their diligence on you and they think well yes you are the guy for the job um or you might not be the guy for the job but, you know it's 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 better to have a reaction one way or another you know one of the things um that isn't helpful for anybody as if I'm working with somebody and we've you know we go through our process and we have our call uh I want to know that I, I'm the right fit for them. can I help them and if I genuinely can't, I'd rather point them to someone else who I think can help them and um, so it's 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 not about what you can do it's about what you can't do as well and also about you know being true and saying well actually i I am the guide for you or I am not the guide for you now if you are the guide. You've identified the character. You know what the problem that faced. You've clearly done it before. The reason you have done it before is because of the next point. You have a plan. You've got a plan or a process for solving their problem. And I, I can't stress enough how much systems, processes, et cetera, how, how valid they are. Now, we talked about a system or a process earlier, which is the Pentagon. We've talked about, or we are, we are talking about the framework and seven elements for doing a pitch and doing a doing a presentation. That is a process. Uh, do we have a plan? Yes, we do. Can we help with presentations? Yes, we can. And how do we do that? Because we have a framework. We have a plan. We know the plan works. We're constantly tweaking the plan and making it better and improving things. Um, and And so we know what we can and what we cannot do. And we have to be honest about what we can and cannot do. And if we cannot do something, we'll find someone else who can do it or point you in a different direction. So when you're looking to present to your clients, you need to be as upfront and honest as that. And it's it's as good to say no as it is to say yes. What you don't ever want is meh, mm, you know, might be able to help, might not. It, there's got to be an emotional reaction. Yep, that's the person for me. Or no, it's not the person for me. And then once you've made that decision, move on move
0: on yeah right mike tyson said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face and I, I think for something like that the the strength of the plan is going back to the crest model is the e for exits because you can say right this is the plan da, 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 da. and and people go all oh, right and then somebody goes what happens if you know the death star actually gets operational quicker than we <laughs> thought you go well The other exit is we do this, and then you go, oh, what if this happens? And, you know, that's that's where for the the plan, you can say, okay, this is what we're going to focus on, but here's, you know, a backup and a backup, and here's how you deal with adversity, and here's how we still deliver the outcome, and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever it was, shooting womp rats at 400 clicks on Tatooine (laughs) or something or other, you know, you can see my in-depth ne- level of knowledge of star wars can't you <laughs>
2: yes it's, it's 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 uh encyclopedic shall we say yeah
0: I, i'll never get invited to star wars con or whatever it is um but there we go um right i think uh we need i need an, another brew should we um should we pick up this storytelling uh sort of masterclass or you know, amateur half hour, whichever way you half want to waffle, <laughs> yeah, whichever way
2: <laughs> you change, want to take it. Let's just change this podcast to what's it, Sadler and Waldorf? You know, the two old gits
0: on the. I know. Oh, do you know we were we were talking about that last night as we had as we had our evening meal. We sat around the table and and it came up and uh, as a oh we were having right here's another we were having a curry okay and I a Monday, said a Monday curry uh, a Monday curry and I said oh you know, I'm going to have a horse of the year show thing. And and they they kind of looked at me and I went a poppadom and and they went, what do you mean? I said, Oh, <laughs> right. Well, when you're younger, we used to play a drinking game and you used to name things like French national anthem, American national anthem, Superman, Star Wars, and you had to do the theme tune to it. Yep. Now when you've had a few beers, they all. Blur. I, know, I know where you're going with it. <laughs> They're all. They all blur into one, and you can get into trouble big time. So we used to have triggers that that tried to help you. So again, another system. We used to have a system whereby your fuddled brain was not headed towards impending doom um, by getting fine drinks and stuff. So you needed things to remind yourself. How did the how did the tune go? And for the horse of the year, horse of the year show, which was a UK thing never really watched it but the theme tune was very you know well known and if you said dom," you could remember how it went because you went dom, poppadom 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 dom," <laughs> and that was the way that you got away without having to down your beer so <laughs> yes i i had a, a pop, this is a hell of a long story to get to the muppets isn't it but then we started talking and and i said um and the youngest sort of went what's that and I said it's the Muppets you Muppet and uh, and they sort of went oh okay and then j I, I said to my wife, I said, j j j j j j and Ray keeps telling me on the podcast, we're getting more like those old guys that used to sit in the box in the theater. And she laughed and laughed and laughed <laughs> and went, I bet you're never anything other than those two. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously she's an avid listener. Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. Just as my wife is as well. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there you go. So but yeah, I, have a brew. All right. I don't know. They, in this day and age, they those guys will probably be cancel culture because they probably didn't say anything that was particularly good. I don't know. I'll have to go on YouTube some of it and see just how close we are and who's who. <laughs> All right. Well, on that bombshell. Uh, that's yeah, the- we'll pick this up. We'll That's pick part, this up. On part the next one.
2: Time. Part one is now over. We'll come to part two shortly. So this is the how. You you won't believe it, but it actually is the How to Raise Money podcast. And we are talking about <laughs> uh, a framework for storytelling. We've talked about the Pentagon, and we've covered off so far a character, uh, which is the customer, the problem the character faces, the guide, which is probably you or the brand who can help the character solve the problem, and then a plan or process for solving the problem. And then we will. Open up the next episode and we'll start talking about the next uh, number of items. And one is a call to action. So I have a call to action for you right now, Nigel, which is to uh, make yourself a brew and to uh, pause recording. And I'll finish off this episode by saying,
0: I've been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Best. Pop a dum, pop a dum, pop a dum, pop oh, a dum, pop a dum, pop <laughs> a dum, pop a dum.
1: Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?